Ross, hello and welcome to all you wizards, witches, muggles and squibs out there. And welcome to a new edition of Potter Jewels, a Harry Potter podcast debating theories and ideas while trying to provide some light in the darkness. I'm your host, Tim, and alongside me as always is my brother, Martin. Hey. You can get in contact with the show in a number of ways. You can contact us on Twitter at Potter Jewels, that's P-O-T-T-E-R-D-U-E-L-S, all one word. You can email us at potterjewels at hotmail.com, or you can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash potterjewels. Before we get into today's debate, uh, today's duel, we should probably tell you the results of the poll on who is the most underused Harry Potter character, Alistair Mad-Eye Moody or Barty Crouch Jr. And the people agree with me that Barty Crouch Jr. was more underused. Interesting. So, yeah, it's interesting that, again, the people disagree with you and uh, another another defeat for you. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing, but, you know, we started this to um, to find out what people were thinking, and it's, you know... Clearly, you're not on the same wavelength as the rest of the people. Well, <laughs> it's just interesting to uh, to find out what people have to, to say on this. I mean, yeah, while that is true, still, that must be disappointing for you. It is, it is, yeah, but hoping to uh, hoping to win this one. Or A1. Or A1. Any will do. For those of you that are tuning in, expecting to hear what I teased at the end of last episode, from whose perspective would you like the series to be written from other than Harry? So, you know, follow the same seven-year time period, but follow a different character. Which character would you choose? We got partway through recording and thought that it's just too broad of a topic to do in an hour. So what we're going to do is we're going to split it up into which book would you like to see from a different character's perspective. The first part of this eight-part series, because we're going to do all seven books, and then we will tie a bow on it by doing the pick a character for the series one. So part one of that series will be released on Friday. Just need a couple of days extra to prepare for it. Um, so yeah, this is a little bit more on the fly, but it's a topic that I've wanted to that I, I feel particularly passionate about, and it should still be a very, very good debate. And you know, it allows us to, you know, this change allowed us to mix up the format a little bit. Uh, and instead of debating an idea, we're going to debate a theory that I had when I was reading the Prince of Azkaban again, in that I suspect that Dumbledore at least had his, at the very least, had his suspicions that Sirius Black was innocent. And I think that for a number of reasons. The first example is right from the very first chapter of the Philosopher's Stone. Hagrid says to Dumbledore that he borrowed the bike from Sirius Black. Now, if Dumbledore suspected Sirius Black as betraying the Potters and causing their deaths... Surely he would have mentioned that. So why why wouldn't he? Uh, why wouldn't Dumbledore have at least brought up the fact that he had betrayed uh, Harry's parents? Then Hagrid only found out about Sirius's betrayal later at the time. Secondly, would have probably happened around the same time, either that night or 
the night before, you know, of the the night of their actual death, is Dumbledore and Snape talking uh, when Harry sees the memory in the Pensieve about their deaths, and Snape is, uh, you know, is heartbroken. And Dumbledore curiously says they put their trust in the wrong person. Now, he doesn't specify who that is. And I think that is deliberately ambiguous because I think Dumbledore at the very least thought that there could have been a switch and furthermore surely he would have known from Snape that Sirius wasn't a Death Eater and it was in fact Pettigrew and again the conversation in the three broomsticks that Harry overhears when it's pointed out that you know did Dumbledore or the question is asked did Dumbledore suspect Sirius and the response was that he suspected that somebody was passing on information. Again, ambiguous, didn't specify who. So surely he would have already known about uh, Pettigrew being being the traitor, or certainly would have found out when their death happened and it was clear that someone had betrayed them. Surely Snape would have been able to say, you know, this is this is Pettigrew. My final reason before I you know, turn it over to you to see what, you know, you make of it, is that when Dumbledore came into the hospital wing to talk to Harry and Hermione and, you know, say the whole free turn should do it, Miss Granger and all that sort of stuff, the time between Harry being knocked out by the Dementors and that conversation taking place was what? Probably about 20 minutes, half an hour max. Now, in that time, Dumbledore is meant to have been convinced of Sirius's innocence despite 12 years of believing otherwise without any proof, any proof at all to back it up. I, I just don't buy it. I think, it's, I think he always suspected Sirius was innocent, uh, just like he suspected that Morphin was innocent of the death of the Riddles and Hokey to be uh, innocent of the death of Hetzibar Smith, but he just didn't have the proof to disprove a solid case that was built up against Sirius. Your thoughts? Well, uh, I'm going to disagree with that um, for a number of reasons, and actually we'll start with the the last one that you mentioned that um, he obviously went to, to Azkaban on, on those occasions to try and, and help people who he believed to be innocent. And as far as we know, he didn't go to Azkaban to help Sirius. But did he go to Azkaban to find out they were, you know, and actually you know, go to the ministry and say they're innocent, or did he only go to the ministry and say they're innocent once he had the memories that prove their innocence? Well, I mean, you know, I concede that he will have been particularly interested in those two, as he made it his mission to find out as much about Voldemort as he possibly could. However, I do think with Dumbledore, you know, he's profoundly against any injustices and would have been working hard to, I mean, you know, we see what a, uh, you know, an, a, a horrible character Morphin is. Mm. Absolutely foul. And yet, and yet Dumbledore is still happy to, to try and prove his innocence. Mm. So, it, you know, his sense of right and wrong and justice is not, you know, usurped. <laughs> What you know, what a character is like. Now, the fact that he didn't, as far as we know, go and see Sirius 
makes me think that he doesn't believe him to be innocent because I, I think if he had doubts, you know, he would have tried to um, would have tried to support him. Yeah, but surely if Dumbledore genuinely believed for 12 years that Sirius was guilty of betraying the Potters, it would take more than a quick 20-minute catch-up to, to dissuade him. Well, don't forget that Dumbledore is incredible at legitimacy. Mm, but so is Voldemort and Snape fooled him. A powerful wizard can, fool, can, can apply occlumency. Yes, but I I personally don't think that Harry, Ron, and Hermione would have been able to at that time. So Dumbledore. No, but Sirius could have been. Sirius could have been, but Harry and Hermione's story would have matched exactly. Yes, but if you were to believe Snape, uh, you know that Sirius uh, had confounded them then they would believe exactly what you said. Well, I mean, I think Dumbledore will have known that Sirius and Snape, they had a huge amount of history and, you know, perhaps weren't the most objective in, in what they thought about each other. He probably actually got more sense out of the the 13-year-olds in terms of, you know, casting a, a, a fair assessment of what actually happened. You know, and Dumbledore knows Harry by this point as well. He's seen, you know, what his character's like. You know, mm-hmm. if Harry is that adamant that, you know, of what happened and, that, you know, Sirius is innocent and everything, I think Dumbledore's going to believe that. So I think the fact that, and, you know, also, I would argue that if anyone had the the right to, think Sirius was guilty it was Harry and yeah. yet he managed to change his mind in that short space of time as well so I don't think it's too much of a jump to think that Dumbledore could do the same when he was presented with the evidence by Sirius and when that was corroborated by Harry and Hermione I think Dumbledore <laughs> knows when someone's lying but the crucial thing is is that Harry, uh, Ron and Hermione didn't believe Sirius until they presented him with the proof that that Scabbers was Peter Pettigrew. Now, yes. Sirius didn't have that. He had no proof to back up his, his claim. Yes, but I think Dumbledore will have been able to tell when someone is lying, especially on something as important as that. I don't think Sirius, Harry and Hermione would have been able to fool Dumbledore, even if they'd have wanted to. Mm. But then Barty Crouch Jr. fools him in the following year. He does, but I think as, as you as well, you look at Dumbledore's got a huge knowledge as well of things that are happening outside Hogwarts now. Maybe the fact that Wormtail betrayed them isn't that much of a surprise to him once it's mentioned to him. But that's kind of why I think he thought that to begin with, because I think that he knows Wormtail's character and he knows Sirius's character by this point, and I think that he would have been more inclined to believe serious over 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 Peter Pett. I mean look, I mean Peter Pettigrew's nickname is Wormtail. He and he looks like a rat. You know, it's obvious. I mean just because you look like a rat doesn't necessarily mean you are going to be have rat like characteristics. 
Yeah, I'm just making the point that it was ob- it's obvious that Wormtail was uh, it was a nasty piece of work. Well, hindsight's uh, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I think as well, if you look at the way Dumbledore behaves in the third book, it doesn't suggest to me that he thinks Sirius is innocent. You look at the way that you know he detests Dementors and yet still allows them to guard Hogwarts from the threat of Sirius. If you look at the way when he breaks in that he gets every single student to, to sleep in the Great Hall with all the teachers to protect them. You know, if you look at how you know genuinely fearful for his students he is, you know, I think if he had any doubt, he wouldn't have let the Dementors anywhere near Hogwarts. But I think the way he acts in the third book suggests to me that he thinks Sirius is dangerous, capable of anything, and is potentially looking to hurt more people. Okay, but, you know, I I can kind of get with you on that because he did behave in a manner which suggests that he he thought Sirius was guilty. But equally, it could have been a case that, you know, he he knows that there is a dark wizard out there during that third year. You know, it's possible he's just trying to protect. Because by that point, Dumbledore is reading the signs and knows that, you know, Voldemort's return will happen sooner rather than later. I mean, he's already had um, the Philosopher's Stone incident in, in book one. Um, and I just think that with the rise of, you know, dark magic beginning to rise in that third book. I think he was going to take precautions anyway. But playing... Precautions he takes are against Sirius. Against the threat of Sirius. But equally it could be... Because look, Dumbledore knows that Sirius is impulsive and a bit reckless. Now, if he thinks that Sirius is innocent... But he is acting because, like he says in the hospital wing, he he doesn't act like an innocent man. They're not the actions of an innocent man. And I think if Dumbledore knows that about him, then he can try and protect students from any measures that you know Sirius might inadvertently cause, like with uh, Ron and the Ron and Scabbers. You know, uh, when when Sirius attacks Ron with a knife, he's impulsive and reckless, and I think and angry and angry because you've been locked up for years uh, wrongly. So you couldn't, could I not make the argument that he's trying, he's putting those protective measures in place to protect the, to protect everyone involved in case things get out of hand. Yeah. I mean, potentially you could, but I do think the way that Dumbledore acts in that third book doesn't suggest to me that he thinks Sirius is innocent. But equally, he doesn't really get involved in the whole Sirius Black thing in, in directly. I mean, like, for instance, what we hear, what Harry hears about Sirius Black throughout the book comes from Arthur Weasley, the Daily Prophet, a little bit from Fudge uh, at the Leaky Cauldron, Lupin, and then obviously the big meeting with McGonagall, Flitwick, Fudge... Hagrid and Rosmerta, is it not at all, in your opinion, conspicuous that the one person that Harry doesn't learn any information about Sirius Black from, you know, directly or indirectly, is Dumbledore? Um, 
No, because I mean, he doesn't have a huge interaction with Dumbledore that year. Really, exactly, that- exactly though. But that, that, that's 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 my point. If he thought that Harry was a serious threat from Sirius Black, surely he would have taken it upon himself to interact with him a bit more than he did. Well, not necessarily, because if you look at the you know the first two books as well, there's clearly a, a threat. And he doesn't interact with Harry that much during those early books either. It's only really post-Goblet of Fire that we see him sort of talking on a more regular basis. So actually, I mean, to be honest, in the Order of the Phoenix, he really doesn't speak with him that much as well. It's probably only the Half-Blood Prince where we see that kind of regular contact. Yeah. But I would also, you know, in the first two books, halfway through each book, Philosopher's Stone was the Mirror of Erised, and then um, when he's taken to Dumbledore's office and meets Fawkes and, you know, he asks if there's anything he wants to tell him, there are occasions where Dumbledore reaches out to Harry to try and guide him through a particularly tough patch. And he does that in book four as well. Book five, he's ignoring him deliberately because of the connection with Voldemort. But again, you've still got Dumbledore reaching out to Harry at uh, when Arthur Weasley gets attacked with some words of wisdom. And then, more prominently, when Dumbledore is removed from Hogwarts, he says to Harry to make sure that he keeps up with the occupancy lesson. So again, he is actively guiding him. And then and obviously, as you say... Do it in four? The Pensieve. Mm. And, he talks, and he talks to Harry through what he's seen... In fact, he, he talks to him a few times, so, you know, you know, a lot of the time it's Harry seeking him out, but he still interacts with Harry a lot more in the fourth book than he does in the third. And I think it's curious that the one book out of the first six where there is very, very, very little interaction until the last couple of chapters between Harry and Dumbledore at all is the one where I'm, I think he thinks that Sirius is innocent. Because if you thought Sirius was innocent and you had no proof to back it up and Harry has just heard that Sirius is responsible for the death of his parents, you wouldn't go and tell Harry on a hunch if you've got no evidence. Which is similar why he didn't uh, tell the ministry. No, but, but I still think he would have, you know, going back to my the first two points of the argument, he would have got it from Snape. And that's why when uh, Hagrid turned up with the bike from Sirius, he didn't even question it. He was just sort of like, yeah, okay. At that point, I mean, firstly, Dumbledore's got a huge amount to do at that point. You know, probably a a throwaway comment from Hagrid he isn't going to take yeah, as seriously as he might have done. But also, what, he seemed to be, what he seemed to be Voldemort's right-hand man, you know, the, the reason Harry's parents are dead... But it's also early at that point. You know, this is, we're talking hours after what happened. So those full details aren't widely known yet. But Dumbledore says he thought that Sirius was their secret keeper. So the fact that they are dead means that Sirius would have told Voldemort the information, surely. (sighs) As I said, I don't think he had proof. Yeah, I don't think he... You know, perhaps the full circumstances weren't weren't known at that point. I mean, obviously, if he did think he was the secret keeper, he'll have known that he got it from them. But for all he knows, Sirius could have been tortured. 
Yeah, but according to the magic of the Vidalia system, you can't actually you the information can't be tortured out of you. It says on, on Pottermore, If the secret keeper wishes to do so, they may divulge the information at any time, although the secret cannot be forced, bewitched, or tortured out of a secret keeper who does not wish to give up their secret. It must be given voluntarily. Which is why switching the secret keeper never made any sense to me. Because if you if he says he would rather die than give you the information, and he can't give you the information under under duress, then... There's no, you know, there's no reason. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know. The night that Hagrid, Dumbledore and McGonagall leaves Harry with the Dursleys is the same night Sirius goes after Pettigrew. Yeah. If he thought that Sirius was guilty, then surely he would, uh, you know, want to stop him. You know, surely if he thought he was guilty, he would go after him. Because bearing in mind, it was like... But he's not going to know that he's gone after Pettigrew, is he? No, but you know he's out there and he's, like, wanting to take on the mantle as everyone, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I still think that Snape would have told Dumbledore... Even though Snape hates Sirius, I think he would have still told Dumbledore that it was Pettigrew that was giving information to the Death Eaters because they would both be Death Eaters. Yeah, but you look at how the um, the Death Eaters operated in complete secrecy. You know, the whole idea was that they didn't really know a lot about each other for precisely mm. this reason. If there's any, you know, any spies or traitors or any information leaking out, this was the whole idea. True, but the only reason we know that is on the evidence of Karkaroff in the Goblet of Fire. I, uh, it's just whether you believe him to be a, a, a reliable narrator of the of the events, because if you look at the graveyard, Voldemort basically unmasks everyone. You know, he wants he, you know he wants everyone to know who's there and you know who who was turned up. And he and he's happy to say, you know, the Lestranger should stand here and all this sort of stuff. And the fact that oh, guys like Malfoy and Karkarov and Crab and Goyle, you know, they all know each other and are friends. So would surely have known each other from their time as Death Eaters. And, you know, when uh, Malfoy does what he does at the Quidditch World Cup, rallying the Death Eaters to, to torture the Muggle campsite guy, he would have to know who the Death Eaters were in order to do that yeah i mean don't forget that's after that's post Voldemort's mm-hmm. return we don't know how it was before you know i think i think it's entirely plausible to think that there was quite an element of secrecy and that people weren't privy to to all the information you know you look at but half given snape's status though yeah but you look at when you know half of prince when um Narcissa's not even sure that Snape knows of the plan. Yeah. People are told separate separate pieces of information. So I don't think it's a stretch to think that, you know, to think that some people wouldn't know everything. But given that it's Snape that told Voldemort about the prophecy and how they, you know, how Voldemort interpreted it to mean Harry, which is obviously, you know, means you'd be going after James and Lily. Surely he would have known who gave their location up to Voldemort. Surely that's the sort of information he would be privy to. I mean, you know, potentially. 
and I just and I just keep thinking that I I think that Dumbledore was willing to go against everything he had previously thought about about Sirius in the space of like half an hour max you know it took Harry you know probably about it took Sirius about an hour to convince Harry and whatever and that's with proof of Pettigrew and even with legitimacy I think you could apply occlumency to shield certain bits of the information or to present a different part of the information now maybe maybe it's possible Dumbledore had some Verita serum you know maybe but I think he you know I think Dumbledore's a you know, incredibly powerful wizard and you know he's, he's I think he's got a sense of when people are telling the truth surely it could have it must have occurred to Dumbledore that Sirius being secret keeper is like a decoy yeah he might well have done and if that was the case then surely you'd want to go and speak to Sirius. You know, yeah, but the why? Fact is I mean, to be honest, you'd, you'd imagine you'd want to find out why he betrayed him in general. You'd want but, to find out but, why. But as far as we're aware, he didn't do that. Yeah, but that's my point. If he's guilty, surely you would still want to find out why he did it. Yeah, but perhaps not enough to go all the way to Azkaban to find out. I mean, there, there would have been countless Death Eaters who committed all sorts of crimes that I'm sure Dumbledore never went to see or speak to. Yeah, but bearing in mind it was a you know someone that was on the good side that turned against them. That's the, that's the distinction. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you know, he's necessarily the only person to have done that, but... No. No, but I would imagine, given the hype surrounding Sirius's escape in, in the prison of Azkaban and how they hyped him up to be like the right-hand man to Voldemort, which is curious in itself, given that you would have only been like 21 at the time, you, know, you, you, you would have surely thought that Voldemort would have gone with somebody a bit older for a right-hand man, somebody like, you know, Lucius or, or maybe, you know, one of the guys he was uh, at school with, like Avery. Or um, the Lestrange not. Don't forget Barty Crouch Jr. wasn't that old. Good point, good point. But I don't think Barty Crouch Jr. was high in the ranks until he went to find him in Goblet of Fire. In my opinion, I just think Dumbledore is too smart to be fooled by Pettigrew. And I think that there is evidence across the first three books that, you know, little nuggets that indicate, as well as in the seventh book in the Pensieve when Dumbledore's like, yeah, um, they put their trust in the wrong person but didn't specify a name. And I think it was deliberately done so to make you think, well, maybe, maybe he thought that Sirius was innocent. Uh, and I think the fact that you go uh, in not mentioning it on the night Sirius goes to go after Pettigrew, when Hagrid says he's got the bike from Sirius Black, surely, surely he would have mentioned something about Sirius being the secret keeper and betraying them and being the reason, you know, the, the Potters are dead. And even the way... You see him in the um, when they've gone back in time, 
uh, and you see how he is with Butterby. I, I just get the feeling that he knew that something was going to happen that night because he seemed to be expecting it. It's like with, when Harry experienced the uh, the Nagini attack and Molly Weasley says it almost seems like Dumbledore's expecting it. I think Dumbledore's almost expecting something to go on that night. Uh, and I, I just think that he expected to be, you know, in the future tell Harry, Ron, and Hermione to go back in time so Sirius can escape on Buckbeak. Hashtag specific. Wow. wow. I mean, look, I, 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 I exaggerate, but I'm just saying, I, th- I always got the feeling that he, you know, by making Fudge uh, look the other way continually, I just feel that he had a feeling that something was going to happen. Just like I think he had a feeling that Sirius was innocent and just needed uh, the proof. Yes, yeah, so, so against that, I would say that there's, you know, we don't see any evidence that, you know, Dumbledore suspects his, his innocence. You know, I think the the fact is that Dumbledore is a, a you know an incredible advocate of what's right and what's wrong and what's what's just, and we see in occasions throughout his life that he tries to help innocent people you know regardless of their characteristics he gives people second chances that much we know about Dumbledore the fact is that he's been to Azkaban to help people try to clear their names now I think if he had any suspicions about Sirius's guilt he would have gone there to talk to him there's no evidence that he ever went to speak to him or ever tried to help him clear his name. Now, I think that that you know says something very strongly, and I think that if he had had any suspicions, he would have gone. The fact that he didn't, I think, is you know he's he's satisfied that he is guilty. I think as well, you look at the way he acts in the prison of Azkaban and the you know the, the fear that he has for his students about serious you know allowing the mentors who he detests to guard hogwarts and you know the night of the attack ensuring that all the students sleep in the great hall you know those aren't the actions of someone who thinks that this might be an innocent man so yeah i, I don't think he, he believed that Sirius was innocent okay we will uh, we will turn it over to to you the public to see what what you think because um you know am i mad am i completely crazy or did dumbledore at least have suspicions over Sirius's innocence again we'll put that up on twitter and the results will be revealed next time. Speaking of which, Friday will be the start of our uh, eight-part series. We're going to do a series of episodes, one a week, on from whose perspective would you want each book to be written by? Um, so we're going to start this Friday with who would you want to narrate the Philosopher's Stone if you had to pick another character other than Harry? And then we will do for the next six weeks who would you want the Chamber of Secrets to be narrated from uh, and so on. And then do, you know, if you could take one character throughout the series, who would it be? And I think then we would have a better, a better understanding of where we stand. Yeah, looking forward to it. I think um, doing each book will be uh, be really interesting. It makes more sense as well, you know. Well, it does because you know, you know, because some characters aren't in some books, but that doesn't mean that there's other other parts of the story that you wouldn't want them to narrate. 
exactly exactly so really looking forward to that one um and we will have that up on friday but until then uh thank you very very much for joining us once again um if you want to contact the show potterjules at hotmail.com at potterjules on twitter or facebook.com forward slash potterjules that is p-o-t-t-e-r-d-u-e-l-s all one word Thank you very, very much for, for listening. Don't forget to vote on this week's topic and, and subscribe for future Harry Potter content. You know, this this upcoming series should be really interesting. But until then, I've been Tim. He has been Martin. See you next time. And until then, Knox. Knox.